you are listening to the Grace and Wrath podcast. This is Mark. Living a truly fulfilling life without Christ is impossible, and choosing to die without Christ is pure insanity. Repentance of sin and belief in the gospel of Jesus Christ is the only way to be saved by God's grace from God's wrath. Welcome back to the Grace and Wrath podcast. If you're new to the show, welcome. In this series, we're telling Bible stories in chronological order and adding tips and commentary to help you share the gospel more easily and effectively. Today's story is Pharaoh's plagues. We're in Exodus. The Lord told Moses and Aaron to go to Pharaoh in the morning when he was walking next to the Nile River. Moses said, Because you refuse to free our people, the waters of Egypt will turn to blood. The fish will die and the water will be undrinkable. Aaron then struck the water with his staff and it turned into blood. The court magicians also turned some water into blood. Therefore, Pharaoh ignored Moses and Aaron. Soon the water throughout the land turned to blood and was undrinkable. The people had to dig wells to find fresh water. After seven days, Moses told Pharaoh, Because of your stubbornness, frogs will infest your land. So Aaron stretched out his staff, and frogs started coming up out of the rivers and lakes. The magicians also made some frogs appear. Soon there were frogs everywhere. They went to every city street. They got into people's houses and into their food and even into their beds. Pharaoh said to Moses, I've changed my mind. Your people can go into the wilderness and worship their God. Ask him to get rid of the frogs. Moses asked, When do you want the frogs to leave? Pharaoh said, Tomorrow. The next day, the frogs died, and people gathered them up into big piles. Soon they started to stink. Pharaoh then changed his mind and refused to let the people go. Next, Aaron struck the ground with his staff, and the dust turned into lice. Soon all the people and animals throughout Egypt were infested with lice. Pharaoh's magicians were unable to do this. They said to Pharaoh, This is the finger of God. Still, he wouldn't let the people go. Next, God sent swarms of flies to cover the land. But there were no flies in the part of Egypt where the Hebrews lived. Pharaoh agreed to let the people go. Moses said the flies would be gone the next day, but he added, Take care. Don't change your mind again. However, that is exactly what he did. Once the flies were gone, Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let the people go. God sent a plague upon the livestock, but again it didn't affect the livestock of Israel. Pharaoh became more stubborn and refused to let the Hebrews go. Moses took a handful of ashes and tossed it into the air. It became a fine dust that spread through all of Egypt, causing boils on all the people and animals. The magicians couldn't stand before Pharaoh because of their boils. Pharaoh was angry and refused to listen to Moses. God had told Moses that Pharaoh would act like this. Moses went to Pharaoh with a special message from God. He said, Up to this point, I've restrained my hand against you. Now my plagues will be directed toward you and your people. When I'm done, all the nations on earth will know I am the Lord. Tomorrow I'll send a hailstorm like you've never seen before. All people and animals are to stay under shelters or they'll die. The next day, fierce hail mixed with fire came down and ruined the crops that were in the fields. Yet the hail didn't fall in the land where the Israelites lived. Some of the Egyptians did as Moses told them. They put their animals and slaves under shelters, but others didn't. And their livestock and slaves died in the storm. Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron. 
I know I've sinned. I'm wrong, and God is right. Please pray and ask him to stop this storm. I'll let your people go. Moses said, This storm will stop as soon as I leave here. He started to leave, then turned to Pharaoh. I know you don't fear God. And it was true. As soon as Pharaoh saw the storm and the hail stop, he stubbornly turned against God and the people of Israel. This is a classic story of the omnipotence, the power of God versus the will, the stubborn will of man, uh, sort of the, the common struggle that, that everyone goes through. Pharaoh is a classic example of, of a willful, prideful, idolatrous human. And God goes toe-to-toe with him, or I should say Pharaoh goes toe-to-toe with God when God is warning him, fair warning. I mean, how many plagues did he give him? It, you know, it, it just kept going. But Pharaoh stubbornly persisted to fight what, to the reader, to me at least, seems to be an obvious power of God, that God, does, God disagrees with you. God wants you to do something. It would be wise to heed God's call. But Pharaoh, again, stubbornly didn't. It's the way most of us are today. In fact, this, is a, this podcast is about the gospel of Jesus and sharing that gospel of Jesus, evangelism. It is not a venue to be political or share, share politics, which I refuse to do in this podcast. However, I will note that at the time of this recording, end of summer 2022, the world around us here in the U.S., I'm, I'm in the United States, and it, it, the world around us is kind of crazy. There's a lot of very strange things going on. Politically, you have basically far right or far left. There's very little middle ground anywhere. And it's, it's kind of scary when you see what's going on. Some people, uh, they're getting ready for whatever. Some folks are more convinced it's inevitable that something tragic is going to happen soon. Uh, you have the end times folks, the biblical end times folks. You have the other folks talking about the uh, economic, the Great Reset, and and all these things from these um, global elites. Uh, regardless, you have all these people talking about prepping and being prepared for for catastrophe. I I, rec- I encourage that. I mean, we should always, as family members, as men, uh, husbands, fathers, we need to do what's important to protect our families. We need to be prepared for certain things. But the most important thing, the most crucial thing that we need to do to prepare for whatever, whatever catastrophe, is to be right with God. Be right with God. Make sure our families are right with God. Make sure anyone we love is right with God. We can have all the canned goods. We can all have all the freeze-dried stuff. We can have all the ammo and guns and be ready for the apocalypse. That, that's great. And again, I'm not poo-pooing that. I mean, there, there, there's some logic in that. But the most important thing is, are you good with God? Because you're not going to last forever. None of us will last forever, even if nothing catastrophic happens. We all have a finite amount of years on this planet. We all will die. My wife quoted a, a book she's reading where some guy commented about life. 
And he says, oh, life's a sexually transmitted disease that ends in death. <laughs> okay, that's rather pessimistic, but the point is we all will die and we will spend eternity somewhere. I would like to point out one more commentary here regarding verse 925. It was mentioned in the story uh, about the nature's, the power of nature or God using nature. Verse 925 says, And the hail struck through the whole land of Egypt, all that was in the field, both men and beast, and the hail struck every herb of the field and broke every tree of the field. So the commentary here is referring to George Carlin. This is out of Ray Comfort's Evidence Bible. And I'll, I'll just read here. I'll quote it. Atheist George Carlin, who passed into eternity in 2008, said, But I want you to know something. This is sincere. I want you to know when it comes to believing in God, I really tried. I really, really tried. I tried to believe that there is a God who created each of us in his own image and likeness, loves us very much, and keeps a close eye on things. I really tried to believe that. But I got to tell you, the longer you live, the more you look around, the more you realize something is wrong here. War, disease, death, destruction, hunger, filth, poverty, torture, crime, corruption. Something is definitely wrong. This is not good work. If this is the best God can do, I'm not impressed. End quote. On the record, I was a George Carlin fan. I, he was hilarious. He was a very smart comedian, very funny. He was Catholic. I will throw that in there. He, he professed to have been raised, or he grew up in a Catholic school, a Catholic environment. He even joked that his Catholic school name was uh, Our Lady of Perpetual Motion. I thought that was funny. Anyway, reading on here in the commentary, when an atheist rejects Genesis 1, that's about creation, he automatically rejects Genesis 3, which is about the fall of mankind. God created all things perfect, but when Adam sinned against God, it brought God's curse on all creation. Thus, disease, suffering, pain, and death are ultimately the fault of man, not God. Reject that explanation and you end up with a philosophy similar to George Carlin's. The sufferings of this world shouldn't be used as an excuse to reject the scriptures, but should be seen as very real evidence that what the Bible says is true. So, while George was being very honest and sincere about his attempts to believe, he was just basing that out of his own experience and his own thoughts. He obviously was not a student of the Bible. He did not read scripture. And again, there's so many, so many things here that, that I could point out about the importance of reading scripture, the importance of believing the scripture. We don't want to end up like George Carlin. I mean, he was a wonderful comedian and uh, did some, provide some great entertainment and did some good things. He seems to me to have been a pretty decent person, but good chance we know where he is right now, unfortunately. So the next time someone brings this concept up to you, someone that you're witnessing to or, or just chatting with, uh, it brings up the fact that, you know, why are these bad things happening in the world? You know, why would God do that? You know, how can I believe in a God that does all these things? Well, Bottom line is you need to take them back to creation and the fall and explain to these people, educate them with the fact that it's not God's fault. It's our fault. If you haven't already, I encourage you to heed the Lord's call, turn from your sins, believe the gospel, and receive the gift of salvation that Jesus is offering you right now. If you like what you're hearing, please like and subscribe to the program. 
and please consider giving us a good review. It really does help. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at Grace and Wrath and on the web at graceandwrath.com. Thanks for listening. This is Mark signing off for now, so ride hard, pray often, and talk about Jesus wherever you go.